Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This Saturday night at Subterranean in Chicago, we're kicking off a rare Holy Sons full band tour with the Japanese band Mono. The boys in the band have moved out to L.A., and I still live in New York, so this is going to be a pretty rare East Coast tour from Chicago up to Toronto, then all the way down the coast down to Austin, Texas. You can get the full list of dates on the Holy Sons Facebook, but the groundcontroltouring.com site, if you go to the Holy Sons page, you'll be able to get ticket links to any of these shows. You're listening to Drifter Sympathy on Feral Audio. Go to feralaudio.com and click Shop Amazon to shop through their Amazon portal. Proceeds support this and other Feral Audio podcasts. Initially, hanging out with Duncan... For some reason, I don't know why he sensed it as a bonding point, but he'd always be coming by my room, and he was like, let's do some calls, let's do some calls. And uh, neither of us ever expressed our obsession with comedy. Like he often says in interviews and things, he didn't even move to L.A. to become a comedian. And I don't even know if a comedian is what you would call Duncan in general. But back then... Sometimes he'd come by and pull out my four track and be like, I want to make some songs. So we had this other reality we'd go to where we would work on songs together. As he developed his little cult around the school, like kids would kind of gather around him, come to my room and watch the prank calls. They became kind of a ritual. Our college was out on a farm with 700 people where a lot of kids would come to learn to be veterinarians. A lot of the kids were just, like, covered in cow shit, walking around all the time, and, and me and Duncan were. We weren't really trying to learn a trade. <laughs> we were biding our time. We had heard it was a drug school, and we were kind of there more on that tip. And so it was out in Swannanoa, North Carolina, which is where Jimmy Rogers ended up, where country music actually originated in some ways. Many years ago we parted my little roots and I from the sunny mountain. 
It was called The Land of the Sky. Jimmy Rogers did his first radio performances in Asheville. It's got this crazy heritage with the Black Mountain Festival. It's this kind of magical land that even, uh, I believe, the Native Americans had a lot of thoughts of how it was like a, a spiritual nexus point. And there was something about Asheville and the mountains. It's, it's a pretty odd place. So we'd come into town, to Asheville, to hang out, maybe on the weekends if somebody had a car. And there was one main drag downtown with one record store and one head shop. And the head shop was called Octopus's Garden. Uh, but we would go down to the head shop and play Elvira, the first Elvira pinball game. But there was really nothing to do, actually. And Asheville was a ghost town. It's changed quite a bit since then. But at the time, it was a very depressed place. Asheville was actually at the forefront of the meth epidemic. It was like the really? yeah, it was the place where meth really exhibited a stranglehold on the uh, trashy white mountain town. You'd be driving by the jailhouse and see lines going around the block of people waiting to like be processed. The only thing that thrived was the new age culture and a lot of like massage and crystal healing and shit. So in the middle of this uh, New Age zone is this trashy head shop with this methed out woman working at the front. I was calling to ask about uh, a certain water pipe that I saw there, and I'll, I can't exactly remember uh, how much it was. Well, which one? Uh, it's a, about three or four hundred of them. Oh, good God. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I have no idea which one you're talking about. Well, it was blue. It was sort of, it, it's almost futuristic. It had lights on it. It had what on it? It had lights. A pipe? It was a water pipe. It had lights on it. A pipe with lights on it. That's right. It lit up. No, we don't have any pipe that lights up. You don't have a pipe that lights up? Uh-uh. They glow. They don't light up, they glow. They glow? In a black light, yeah. That's, that's it. That's the one. That's it. It glows. Yeah. All right. How much? Could you go over there and see how much that costs? Well, there's several of them, honey. I want the most expensive one. Well, hey, you got any of that herbal ecstasy there? Uh, we have the, the ultimate fantasy. Oh, what's it called? Ultimate fantasy. Ultimate fantasy. I heard you take that stuff. You're knocked on your ass like a goddamn pine tree in winter. You know what I mean? Honey, don't use that language on this phone. It's tapped. Oh, dear God. I'm... Did you not know that? I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Who the hell taps your phone? The police. Are you serious? I'm serious. You mean the FBI? <laughs> yeah. How do you know your phone's tapped? How do you know your phone's tapped? How do we know? Should I whisper? No, they can still hear you. They can still hear it if I whisper. My cousin Rothnick had his phone tapped. I heard if you say violent overthrow of the government on the phone, there's a satellite that'll pick up on that. You what now? If you say violent overthrow of the government, violent overthrow of the government, there's a satellite that'll pick up on it. Well, I'm not surprised. I'm not either. Hi, honey. Hello? What? Now, anyway... So you don't have, you don't care butt plugs. Listen, I don't have time for this. I have customers in the store. No, we don't. I'm so sorry. I'm ma'am, 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 ma'am. Let me apologize. I'm a Christian. Not talking like that, you lady. I am. Hello. Hello. So you don't do you carry uh graphics pipes? Yes, we do. 
Them t-shirts? Yeah. You got a t-shirt that says, take me to your dealer on it, and it's got one of them alien heads. Uh, we've got stickers, but no t-shirts. You don't want to carry t-shirts there? Yeah, we have them, but we don't have any t-shirts. Yeah, you got the one. You know the one? It says, take me to your dealer. It's got an alien, you know. It's a sticker. We don't have any t-shirts like that. Yeah, I saw the, the t-shirt you wear it around. It's got that crazy alien head on it. It says, take me to your dealer. I think that's funny as hell. That's my, that made me crack up. I nearly lost my shit. I'm sorry. I know it's, I'm sorry, officer. If anybody's listening. Hello. So do you got that T-shirt? So was it on speakerphone? Um, like could other people hear them? I was very lazy, so I would literally take a a handheld Walkman and just hold it right at the the mouth of the phone. Um, Duncan was way more technologically advanced, but we were getting into some form of a terrorism, like mocking people, especially in the South. I mean, the South, I'm from there, I love it, but uh, it's, it's really the best place to prank call people. I guess their accents are inherently hilarious, and then maybe their welcoming instinct is to stay on the phone with you, whereas a Northerner would immediately hang up. Right. There was a bar that was literally a shack in the woods in Swannanoa, North Carolina, I'm pretty sure we'd been there once or twice. And the bar itself was just a refrigerator with some beers in it and then a couple pool tables. Most of the time, no one was in there. They were out back smoking pot in the woods. First of all, as a time capsule, you have the shack in the back of the woods. You've got JB, the bartender. Some fascinating characters. Yeah, and you have Duncan, who can sort of pass as a woman. <laughs> yeah, why is that? Strangely. I How's have no do- idea. You can tell JB is insanely <laughs> wasted over Mission Impossible. <laughs> I think that it had just come out or something, the movie. Okay. Because why else would it be on a jukebox, you know? Like, I have seriously. No idea. 
Yeah, nobody listens to Mission Impossible in the woods. <laughs> but uh, the reason why this call is more dynamic is that it's a dual call. So it's like he calls the the bar, he gets JB, then JB, you know, against his better bartending instincts, gives Duncan the name of everybody at the bar. So... We just opened the phone book. This is a very small backwoods place up in the mountains of North Carolina. We just opened the phone book, and there's Jimmy Davis and Mike McAllister and all these people. <laughs> hey, is this Jimmy? Yeah. Hey, man, this is Donnie. Hey, Donnie. Hey, what's up, boy? Not much. What's going on? Oh, man, not much. You know, just sitting here jerking off. times in a, a prank caller's life where you're going to be able to have all those names at your disposal and be able to convince somebody that you're the guy from the bar that they go to every night it is a form of terrorism right because you're you're going into a social dynamic and you're just creating havoc you're just you're screwing with like 
three different people here by sullying Donnie's image. <laughs> <laughs> and what I, I would love to like to see the aftermath, like when he goes back into the bar and like to CJP and everything's like normal. Yeah, we never went back to that bar. I guess if we were like really perverted, we would have gone yeah. back and like put Duncan in a wig and said Lisa was back. <laughs> After you listen to them a few times and they get passed around campus, these phrases, you know, like, I threw a rock out of his car. You know what I mean? Like, why? You, you would normally say something way more brutal. But just the fact that he picks, I threw a rock out of his car. <laughs> these lines sit in your brain. They sit there and they just mold and rot. And you find yourself saying these things to people on tour, you know, in, in Sweden or something, you're on stage and you'll find yourself saying, you're thinking of a bunny or whatever to somebody. And they'll have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. But to you, it's like mythological. It's like, you know, it's, it's something that just sits there and you, you can't forget. Hello? Oh, yes. I was calling in regards to the psychic sensitive. Yes. Uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. And what I believe you're thinking about who I am, is that correct? Yes. See? <laughs> Pretty amazing. Yes, you are. <laughs> Pretty incredible. Yes. Had a pretty nice lunch, didn't you? <laughs> didn't you? Yes. Okay. Okay, can I help you with anything special, Daddy? Yes, uh, I want to work with flexible hours. Are you thinking of a bunny rabbit? You're thinking of a rabbit. Am I right? Hello. <laughs> Not a world-shattering moment of genius, but uh, I fucking love that one. Yeah, it's great. That voice is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of got a little Robin Leach to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a little pretentious lifestyles of the rich and famous. The reason why we got into prank calls on some level, the internet had just come out. I uh, got my first emails from people, which felt very invasive. I didn't really want another way in which people could contact me. Yeah, well, now there's... About 10 million. You'd have to go down to the library and sign into your school account, you know. And so I was in the computer lab one day looking around because we'd started the calls and I was curious to see what the famous prank calls were or if other people were doing them. And I found this quintessential prank call just randomly online. Through the internet, there were very shadowy characters that didn't get very famous, but you finally had access to these kind of skewed, brilliant minds, you know. Doug, welcome to KJFK. Well, how you doing, Henry? Oh, I'm having a good time. Well, so am I. <laughs> I'm, I've been kind of uh, ill. Uh, last week I was kind of sick, and so it sure is good, you know, to kind of have some sunny weather and help me recover a little bit. Yes. Oh, my, I'm getting some vitamin D, you know, from the sunlight. Are you sitting out in the sun right now, Doug? I am. I'm on a, <clears throat> I'm on a cordless phone, 
I'm sitting out in the sun, get me some sunlight. I, I had typhus last week. You had typhus? Yeah, I had a typhoid infection. And uh, it, it, it showed. What is going on there? Thing is alive and well in Austin, Texas. Doug, what's Satan happening? Thing is alive and well in Austin, Texas. Doug, what is happening? Thing is alive and well. Get my ass, motherfucker. Unfortunately, there are people in this community who are simply brain dead, who don't get much out of life. Let's move on to the next caller. Paul, welcome. Where Duncan was coming from was that he had like, he had had all sorts of terrible jobs back in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Like, I think he... He worked at like Fuddruckers and shit, and uh, he's told me one of his jobs was in the J Crew uh, call center. I think. Oh my god! He he told me that there were these things you could do. Like, if he got bored, he would call in and just say, "Hey, this is uh this is Frank, your supervisor from six rows back. You can, you guys can go home now." And so he would just send home fleets of workers. <laughs> And so from that kind of inception point, I think we started getting slightly more ambitious. Hello? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm sorry to call it this late. It's a little embarrassing. This is Frank. I'm the manager of Super and I'm down here at the front desk. We're, uh, we're closing up. I've been having to call every single room. We're closing up? Yep, we just got the call. We got to shut it down. What do you mean? We're closing up shop. We're not funded anymore. Something. Owner sold us out. We got to shut down. I don't understand. Well, you can come down to the lobby and get half your money back, but we've got to basically just have everybody out in the next couple hours. SWAT team's coming our way. The SWAT team? No, um, we got to clear out the rooms. I mean, because we've lost funding, ma'am. I can't believe this. Well, I can't either. I mean, I'm sitting here. I feel like I've got... Yes, ma'am. 
I hear her husband sound attack asleep now. I'm so sorry again about this. That's like I'm getting the you know, I'm getting the major uh, brown eye from up top. <laughs> What time is this call happening at? I think that was pretty cruel. I think it was like... It might have been like 2 in the morning or something. I mean, no one was really hurt, most likely. I guess, I guess the reason why... Like, a lot of people probably wouldn't have played that one. <laughs> the reason why I find the particular ones I'm choosing interesting is because things happen that just don't really make a lot of sense. Like, the first one... He gives out all the names, and then we use the names, and it's a double call, you know. But in this one, it's like, it's similarly strange. It's like the fact that they'll forward you through, and then you can just say you're the front desk is so bizarre. It doesn't really, yeah. I, that blew me away that you could do that. So we did three of them. This, is, this one was called Lost Funding. Um, I just, I love the tone of Duncan's voice, too. He's just like... The deep size. Then we did one where there was like wild dogs in the hallway. Um, and then we did one where you had to come down to the, uh, you had to come down to the lobby and take a contaminant bath because there were, <laughs> there was a rash going around. Um, all right, let me, let me grab another one. Hello. My name is Rick Leakley. I'm calling about the storytelling circle. Yeah. Well, I tell stories primarily to children, but they're controversial. Okay, that's uh, that doesn't bother me. Have you ever had any opportunity to tell stories to kids? I used to go to schools, but I haven't gotten called lately. Yeah, uh, I've been arrested five times. Yeah. Well, you would be the uh, you would be the most controversial of our storytellers uh let's see um i've got even a point it's you know it goes the shit he filled up with the garbage rhymes of the people i come to the steeple i'm the steeple people looking down on the people yeah um well you're certainly welcome to it you might you might find your stuff more uh you might find um uh, if, you, if, you're, if you're looking for a stimulation for that type of writing, you might find it more with some of the, particularly the poetry, with the, some of the poetry groups in town. Our, uh, I love poetry. When does the group meet? It meets the third Monday of every month. I, I tell people we are adult listeners. We Our main reason for gathering is we like to listen to well-crafted stories. Uh, we have... We have novice storytellers. We have professional storytellers who've um, told locally, regionally, and internationally. We've got people who don't tell at all, but... Uh, have are... you ever heard of Black Columbo? Black Columbo? He's one of my favorite tellers. No. Oh, you've never heard of Black... I, I have his agent, Thumbo. We should get in touch with him. Black Columbo, he tells a story about little Mikey who got the nipple ring. <laughs> it, it, I know it's inner city. It's urban tale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, 
What can I say? I'm, I'm not. I'm not. You haven't really described what you would like to get out of being part of a group. Um, I just want the money. I was thinking we would get together, exchange money, drink liquor. You know, like uh, the storytellers of Nord used to do. Well, clearly our group is is not that type of group. There might be one or two of us of the group that would be. Um, that would take my money. But you could just lick each other, and then what would happen is it's, the story comes out naturally. That's what I'm about, is the story comes naturally from the cell. It doesn't emanate, but it does excavate. Okay. Well, what you're interested in, it doesn't sound like our, our group uh, would, is, is close enough to what you might see. Again, I hope uh, you're not trying to blackball me. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm not trying to blackball you. I'm trying to... to uh... Other people said similar things to me. And I, I feel like you, you take the creeper tendril and you cut it at the stem and it will not grow. Um, the stories that I'm going to be telling on Valentine's night, although not particularly salacious, uh, they have uh, some... <laughs> the title of that evening of love stories is called adult situations because I use some foul language and I describe some sexual encounters, you know. This reminds me, I tell this story about, now this isn't for children, but I tell it for what I was at the laundry 10 feet into her vagina. And I can tell that at Valentine's Day, it's called, I throbbed, I throbbed into the knob of love, thus spoke Zarathustra. <laughs> Okay, um, uh, that, <laughs> uh, it goes into the mouth of hell, I ring the wedding bell, I open the closet, what do I find? Your lingerie on my <laughs> Yeah, this is, this is, this is, you've got really, um, out there stuff. Do you want to come over? We'll tell each other stories. Well, you got to tell me who you are first. My name is Rodney Hinton. No, okay. Um, I'm not, not, no, I guess I don't want to rush right out and uh, tell stories. You know, I'm treating you square and, and you're hiding something from me and either you need to, we need to end this conversation or you need to be up front with me. Don't give me the stuff about coming over and, and telling stories when... I don't want to frighten you. Excuse me. Uh, again, you're indicating you're not listening to me. I don't have good language for it, but it's, uh, you've got something other than you're not being straight with me what you're trying to get out of this conversation. If you're sincere in asking that you want people that you can swap that type of story with, none of us are swapping that type of story. None of, none of us have your type of story in our repertoire. You've insulted me twice. That's a sketch. You know what I mean? Like the small town ponytailed storytelling group guy. Totally. Jesus Christ. He's like the perfect archetype pulled out of the (laughs) mythical book of comedy, you know? That one's special because it's such perfect terrain. Right. I'm in the bone with this one.
the first times I started to realize Duncan was probably a genius was just watching how he could keep anyone on the phone, which doesn't sound like a, you know, a litmus test for genius, but there was just so many times where the person was desperately trying to hang up the phone and you could hear their hand going for the receiver. And then he would go, hello? Somehow in their brain, they'd be like, are you there? You know, you would pull them back in. This is all information that he knew about people instinctually. We'd never talk about any of what we were trying to do. It would just happen. And so just watching him do it for the kids that were coming into my dorm room in this little fireside cult was just so fascinating he could inhabit and change characters in the same call without even thinking about it, you know. There's one where he calls a towing company and is um, immediately gets in a violent encounter. And then Duncan just called right back as the guy's wife with barely much of a voice change. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. Uh, I believe that you've towed my car and I, I need my car back. In other words, I'm not planning on paying a goddamn cent for it. Well, when did we tell you a goddamn car? Don't talk to me like that, sir. You ain't gonna talk to me like that. Don't you listen. You better listen quick, buddy. Do listen to what? Put up with your mouth. I'm not gonna put up with your mouth. Call that dude back, man. Hello, sir. Mm-hmm. My husband just called earlier. Earlier when? As in a couple of minutes ago. Yeah, the one that started cussing at me. Can I apologize for that? Well, I mean, he, uh, there's no need for it. I mean, they know it's not going to get anybody anywhere. He's got high blood pressure. He, okay. I told him to leave the room. Okay, when did, when did we tell his car? Yeah. You told it yesterday. It's a red Ford Escort. From where? I, it, was, it was out in front of Bean Street. Well, I don't think we got it. I'm just worried because he said he was coming over there. Well, that's fine. I mean, I don't think his, his car's not open. No, I mean, he's a dangerous man. Yeah, well, that's fine. But I don't even have his car. But I'm saying I don't want something to happen bad. You know, because he was upset. He, he squeezed his palms so that blood came down. Well, like I said, we don't even have his car. He said something about burning your building down. That's fine. And he had gasoline. I got it, sir. I don't care, long ain't nobody in it, I don't care. So, well, that's all right. Yeah, I mean, I got no problem with anybody, I mean, but it's just like I said, I don't even have his car. He just starts telling me if we towed his car, he won't tell me when it is and starts cussing at me. He's not here right now. Can you come over here? Why? Why well, don't call the police? I know, I don't mean, I mean, he probably won't be back for a while. You sound like a nice man. What's his name? His name's Rick Jones. Write that name down. Yeah, I mean, uh, Can you come over here? No, I sure can't. I don't feel with domestic problem. No, this isn't a domestic problem. I just want you to come over here, and I want to see what you look like. Well, I can't do that. I mean, I can call the police. Because you have a beautiful voice. You could just come over here, you know, you could tie yourself up, and we'd just rip each other to pieces. Well, I don't think it's going to happen today. i got too much stuff to do today. And he's coming over there. He'll be there any time, and I think he'll cut your throat. Ah, I doubt it. I don't want him to hurt you. You're a real sweet talker. He may be here any minute. Stay on the phone. Okay. The only reason why that one might be included into the Library of Congress would be it's your standard, you know, fight call, but then it gets flipped. 
into his wife. But I can't believe how calm that guy was. He's like, he's going to rip your throat out and burn your throat. I was like, uh-huh. He might. Yeah, that's a typical thing that I can display for you very easily uh, with, this, with the southern gentleman. Duncan says, he's going to come over there. He said something about burning your building down. He's like, oh, that's okay. That's like the common response. That's, I don't mind. Go ahead. You do that. There's one where, for some reason, I think we were drawn to this guy's name in the phone book, Ronnie Cantrell. So we call Ronnie Cantrell a few times, and it was just straight-up fight calls. And at some point in the call, he's like, I'm going to murder you. So Duncan goes on this whole thing about how, like, you know, they'd put you away for the rest of your life. You'd never see your children again. Why would you do that? He's like, that that don't mean nothing to me. In a millisecond, they're always ready to just say, nothing means anything. It's this kind of like serial killer gritted teeth kind of like southern gentleman that's just ready to murder people at any turn. Get Ronnie on the phone. He's not here. Where is he? I don't know. Ronnie who? Can trail. <laughs> well, you're not supposed to see him. Why ain't I supposed to see him? <laughs> because he's home with his family. I don't know who this is. Hello? Yeah, I'm looking to talk to Ronnie Cantrell. That's me. Now, son, I want you to move your damn car. What car? What car do you think I'm talking about, genius? The one you drive, genius. Hmm? 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 Who is it? Son, who the hell do you think this is, bud? I have no idea. Best move that car. I'm tired of looking out at it. I'm tired of seeing you drive it. Uh, where do you uh, live at? I live right next door to you. You do? Close enough, bud. Oh, what? I come over there. I'm. Well, I'm over here. What's that? I'm over here. Come on over right now. Hey, don't you threaten me, bud. Come on over right now. Don't threaten me. I got a broomstick, son. I don't care. I bet you will. Why don't you come on over? I don't talk to you. I'm going to show you what I'm going to do with that broomstick. What are you going to do that broomstick, wise man? Come on over here. Mr. Wise Man. Exhaustion. How long will it take you to get over here? How long does it take you? 
want you to come on over. How about you come on over? Oh, no, don't, you tell me, don't tell me to come over again. Well, come on over. Don't tell, on. Me, tell me to come over again. Well, we'll, 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 we'll talk about it. Don't tell me to come over again. Bring that bone with you when you come. Don't too. tell me to come on over again. Come on over. Don't tell me to come on over again. Bring that bone with you. We'll settle it. What'd you eat tonight? Huh? What'd you eat tonight? What'd you eat? What? What's it to? It's a lot to me. What'd you? Don't you come on over. Hey, I want to we'll talk about it. Listen, it's Mister Ding Dong Dang Dong. That's the bells of fury, and they're going to come on down on your head. That's good. Won't you come on over? You know where Dairy Queen is? I sure do. Meet me in Dairy Queen. You mean is that where you work? Well, we could say that. Huh? We could say that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's good. That's good. At least I know where you're at now. I'll come get you. I'll come find you tomorrow. Now, I tell you what, you come find me tonight. Huh? I'm, you come find me tonight. I'm going to buy you a Sunday and I'm going to give you some cherries. Is that where you work? Yes, it is. And I'm going to buy you a Coca Cola and then we'll see how you feel about me. Oh, okay. All right. How'd that make you feel if I buy you a big Sunday and buy you a Coca Cola and give you $20? Then how you that's feel? What Dairy Queen do you work at? Work up the Dairy Queen on Tunnel Road. You work up the Dairy Queen on Tunnel Road? That's right. All right, well, uh... You're the only place you'd hire me. Huh? You gonna murder me? Well, maybe. You maybe. kill me? Maybe. Just remember it for the rest of your life. That'd be fine to me, everyone. It won't hurt my feelings. It wouldn't hurt your feelings no. if you stuck that broom through my abdomen and my intestines. It wouldn't bother me one bit. You'd be like, I'm glad I stuck it through his abdomen, honey. And it, wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me one bit. How would you get off death row? It don't matter. It don't matter to me. Because you'd be like, I'm sitting here on death row. I'd be tickled to death. And I'm glad I'm here. Yeah, that'd be fine to me. Because I just strung some barbed wire around his spine. That's what you'll say. But, uh, okay, well, I'll come up there looking for you. All right, I'll see you up there. Well, I'll, I'm, I'm going to come up there. I'm going to come up there. Okay, now I want you to come on up here and then come on up here and then come on up a little faster. Well, what are you you're talking like you're out of your mind now. You're talking like you're saying. You're coming up to Dairy Queen to kill somebody. Yeah, yeah, if I get a hold of you, I am. I want you to get a hold of me, and well, the first thing I'd like you to do, and I mean, I'm ordering this, is you wrap your fist around my neck and just strangle the shit out of me. Well, I, 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 could, I could do that. Because I'm going to lay prostrate, and I'm going to fall down, I'm going to go limp, and I want you to just start pounding on me. I want you to take that broomstick and just stick it right down in my neck. Well, that, that sounds pretty good. I kind of like that. All right. Now, why don't you tell me what you'd like to do? Yeah, well, that, that, that's pretty good. I like that. Come on up now. It don't matter to me uh, at all. Nothing seems to matter to you, you fucking nihilist. You don't even care about your family. Where'd you get this number at? You don't at? care about your family, do you? Huh? No, when it comes to you, I don't. I know. That's my saying. Now, that's give it all up just, just to get a hold of somebody. Well, I mean, let's do it. Yeah, I got to give it all up. Just just for one shot. Well, you got it. Here's your chance. Come on up. Are you on the clock? I ain't working. You mean you're asking if I'm going to get paid for this ass for Yeah, you're going to get paid to kill? Yeah. I'm going to clock off first, and then I'll let you kill me. Well, I tell you what. I tell you what we'll do. I'll come. I'll get off work tomorrow. All right. And then I'll be up there. I'll be up there to see you tomorrow after work. I'll be up there at uh, four o'clock. All right. Okay. All right. And hey, listen. I'll be the one with the broom, dick shit. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> I'll give you a dick come. See, I'll be up there. I bet you will. Okay. So, so wrapping up, we'll go out on the on the last one.
it was kind of a classic take on the J Crew template of like calling into telemarketers or whatever. Right. And so Duncan's calling into the home shopping network, which is a pretty obvious target. Um, but he ends up getting the most intelligent woman alive. Yes, uh, this is Randy over in customer service. Yes, Randy. I've got a question for you. A customer calls. They're a little irritable. They maybe get a little vulgar. What's your reaction? Well, uh, you try to try and calm them down if you can. I mean, listen to them. Then what do you do? Well, if they're using vulgarities, that you, I mean, you don't have to take abuse. That's correct. You must let her know that, you know, um, she needs to, you know, try and find out what the problem is. What is the problem? Well, let's uh, do a case scenario. Okay. A person calls, they haven't gotten their order in time. Oh, yeah. And they're expecting it. Of course. Let's say it's for their birthday. Yeah. And they're a little upset because they didn't get what they needed. I know. What's your reaction? Well, you apologize, of course. And uh, hopefully it's going postal so you can say that uh, it's coming postal so we the postal can't be delayed. Uh, because of the weather, you know, you try and calm them as much as possible. Um, there are no guarantees in life, you know, and people who think that they are, you know, they're being misled, and we just got to let them know on or by. It can be, you know, slightly longer. Do you tell them there's no guarantees in life? No, I'd like to, though. No, of course not. No, we all would like to, wouldn't we? <laughs> yes, we would. I mean, no. some of these people call, you think they're just idiots. Well... They're lonely, I find a lot of them, and they want conversation. They want to yell at someone, and you just let them vent, you know, as much as possible. As long as they don't, you know, throw any vulgar at you, uh, you know, you don't need to sit there and take that. Or you let them know that, ma'am, if you'll calm down, I'll get your supervisor. It's like metaphorically, you just let them beat you to a bloody pulp. Well, kind of, you know, but not, not abusively. You know, you don't need to, if they're swearing at you, you let them know that you don't need to take this. And when they calm down, the police call back. And you can, you can even moderately humiliate them. Well, moderately, as long as they don't realize and let them don't when you're, you know, but you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be nasty. We can't afford to be nasty. You could say a sarcastic joke, maybe, if they're... No, no, it's not too good to be sarcastic if you're being monitored. That will go against you. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Let's say someone calls. This is another case scenario. All right. A person calls. They're speaking with you on the phone, and they're upset because they're worried that there's a burglar outside. What do you do? This is a hard one. That's not your problem. I suggest they hang up immediately and call 911. But let's say they called you and they see the burglar outside. What do you do? Again, I suggest you hang up and call 911 because I'm in Florida. I don't know where you are. There's nothing I can do. You can't do anything so the quicker you are out there. I'm in mortal danger right now. What do you do? You're <laughs> you called 911, honey. That's the best we can do with that one. Uh, we're not God. We can't, uh, you know, apprehend the burglar and uh, send them off to jail. But we're all God in a certain way, wouldn't you say? Uh, we all a spark of God, not uh, God himself, no. I wouldn't say that. We didn't start the fire. 
we didn't start a fire, but our ancestors were a part of it, so uh, let's do what we can to uh, try to defuse the situation, shall we? What's your religious background? I don't have that on the file. Of course you wouldn't. Uh, there is none. I'm not religious at all. I, I believe in God. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I think that's all you need. That's beautiful. Okay, let's get back to business. Someone calls. Something's happened inside of them to make them sad. Why are they sad? Number one, we're not psychiatrists. So we would never try to diagnose anyone or anything that came through the line, you know. So uh, you just uh, let them know that you suggest they call their helpline because there is one in every state. In a way, we're all psychiatrists. Well, you don't want to play um, chair psychology here at work. We don't have time. Time is money here. That's our aim, and that's what we're after. We, we're here to take orders and to place orders. In a way, it's taking advantage of the weak to make the corporate America grow stronger. Well, that's survival of the fittest. I'm sorry? Survival of the fittest. That's right. It's survival of the fittest. Right. We must crush them financially. We manipulate them on the television, then they call and we crush them financially. Well, now they have an option. Come here, I'm sure. They buy you beware, you know, they don't have to order. Well, it's, that's right. They do have an option. You know what the option is? What? Suffer or suffer. And why should we suffer? Do you know what I mean? No, I don't. Let me give you another example. There's a good man by the name of Adolf Hitler who once said, which means the lower, the lower are not the higher. Do you understand what that means? Yeah. The lower are not the higher? Yes. I think it's pretty uh, simplistic. It is very, but you know where the essence of wisdom is? Please tell me. Simplicity. Mm. I agree with that. Exactly. And that's what it's about. You, you, you're doing an excellent job. Your superior calls to ask you a few questions. You're very kind to answer those questions because you understand about following orders. Is that right? I don't do it very well, but I understand the system, yes. And that's what it comes down to, following orders of your superiors. Uh, there you go with superiors because I think there's only one superior. I don't like the term superior. Um, oh, you can call it what you like. Exactly. It's just, you know, terms. Uh, but, uh, yes, I think when you're in the workplace, uh, this is what they want, this is what you offer, and then this is what you do. That's yeah. And it goes into life, for instance. Exactly. Yes. I'm not proud of it. It's just uh, I'm not a millionaire, so what do you do? I'm sorry? You're not a millionaire, so what do you do? You work. That's right. You work for your money. You work for your money. And you obey rules. Exactly. And you follow laws. Right. And you rise up in power. Perhaps. Well, if Lucifer's with you. Well, now, that's debatable. Well, we don't have to call it the powers of darkness, do we? We don't have to label it anything now, I suppose. I'm sorry? I don't think labels matter one way or the other. You can call it whatever you like. This is the age of enlightenment. We are entering an age of wisdom. Yes, we are. We're in there. Thanks to the powers of darkness. So I take it that you're a Lucifer uh, disciple? Yes, I am a disciple of the Dark Lord. Yeah. Why? Oh, it's, but I don't like the, 
I'm bored. Why? Well, the important thing here is not really to get into religious matters, but what, but to understand about our position in society. Okay. So you don't want to answer why. Or you can't answer why. Well, we're a grinding machine of oppression here. Grinding machine of oppression. And you work for us. Lucifer? I'm sorry? I work for Lucifer. No, you work for the for home shopping. Yes. It's like one gigantic crack rock and all of society are taking hits off of it. <laughs> gear in the machine. I am. I feel it too. So what are you doing after work? I have a good time. I have a good neighborhood. I have some party groups. You have to, what do you do? Anything I want to, I'm of age. What do you mean? Exactly that. You're a consenting adult. Exactly. Anyway, I was just thinking after work we might go for a ride to smoke some crack. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for the invite, but uh, I don't indulge. Make bite? Mm. I've got everything I need. Well, I understand. I just wanted to see. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Hey, one more question. Surely. Uh, what do you think about after work driving around just seeing the sights? Uh, I can't deny because I uh, have other plans. Gonna party? Yes. Party down with the Dark Lord? <laughs> I have a problem with the Dark Lord. Uh, we don't have to call it that. Let's just call it Pan for the sake of new ageness. No, no, I, I, uh, I respect the power that it has. Uh, it's very powerful and very present. Uh, it's just that uh, some are going to be uh, see things one way and some are going to see things the other way. So. Well, you just got to obey the flame. I suppose. Inside uh, of you. Yeah. Well, I suppose. Uh, I mean, some people go and string up kites. Some people string up people. Yeah. That's a big 10-4. Big 10-4 there. Uh-huh. Well, listen. Uh, may the force be with you. Well, you keep obeying rules. Keep up the good work. I'll see you around. Okay.